The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, we were talking earlier on to the ambassador of Ukraine to Ireland. We've been talking a lot about the conflict. It's six months on. I mean, the pictures don't get any easier. The casualty figures don't get any easier to read. And there doesn't seem to be, I'm not obviously involved, but you you don't see anything from people who are covering the peace um, side of things, the diplomatic relations, any movement. There has been that grain deal, but that, that seems to be the only thing that has been agreed by both sides at this point. But what of the Ukrainians living here who've been through far worse than anyone else on this island has been through over the last six months? How are they settling in six months on? What are their experiences? What are their impressions of this country? What are the impressions of the places they've been asked to live in and the neighbours and community that they're surrounded by? Well, I'm hoping my next guest will give us an answer. That is Nadia Dobranska, who is an Ukrainian historian who's based down in Cork. You're very welcome to the uh, hard shoulder, Nadia. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. I'm always in favour of historians uh, coming into any country, so you're, you're, you're very much welcome, for me personally at least. So in terms of what you've experienced, can you just give us a little bit of a backstory, how you came here in March, what the whole experience was like, and where you've ended up? Um, so I've been actually talking to the higher shareholder from day one. And, and we're it, happy to have you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that it's about the time that when I started talking, giving my first interviews. So my family, well, I forced my parents to leave Kiev because they didn't want to go on the first, like, first hours of the invasion. 24th of February, we then spent a week in in the country with uh, my mother's side of family. And then I was in- invited by an Irish grassroots group to come over to Ireland with my family. And so we did, there were five of us. And I also had to go back. We left. I left my brother's cat in Poland in foster care when we crossed because it was we couldn't take him on the flight to Ireland. So it took me a bit of a hassle to get him to Ireland too. But he's, he's with us. That's great. My brother is happy that his cat is safe while he's in territorial defence in Kiev. So anyway, so we settled at first in the foster, um, uh, God, uh, well, in in, in host family, I'm sorry, in in East Cork, in Kona. And uh, they were helping us uh, find our way around and get financial support for the first time. And uh, we spent there... Uh, two months with them. Uh, at the end of April, we were lucky to get uh, to find permanent accommodation. For, well, permanent for now, uh, from uh, f- through friends in Cork City. So we're now living in Cork City, um, and uh, since end of April, and that's it. We're really well looked after. We are um, among friends. Part of my family left for Ukraine earlier this month, and I also lost one of one of my closest family members living here already. And okay, we were really well, that looked was, after that, when that happened. Well, yeah. that that's very very regrettable. Um, for something to happen and then to happen overseas as well is is is, is a double injury in that sense. Yeah. I mean, give me your impressions. You're, you're living in the great city of Cork. It's a big city, certainly by Irish standards, not by necessarily Ukrainian standards. No, you, not by Ukrainian. You have far bigger cities than we have, so that, that has been an adjustment, I'm sure, for, for a lot of you. Have, have you found it easy to, not that you want to escape your fellow Ukrainians, but have you had a chance to kind of engage with Irish people themselves and build up a network or friendship with, with people you've come across? Or have you stayed very close to the Ukrainian community or is it, is it a bit of both? 
Well, I guess it's, it's more, uh, it's rather none of that because I used to, well, having studied in Belfast, I had already friends in Ireland. So when we came here, I reconnected with some people who I knew uh, from historical community or community of academic historians in Ireland. And uh, to to add to your uh, or for historians, I'm Irish historian actually, not not so much Ukrainian. Okay. So I reconnected with the Irish historical community, and re- they really supported us. And um, I'm spending most of because I'm I'm human rights activist. I'm working, doing a lot of work for Ukraine remotely, and because I'm working on enforced disappearances of Ukrainians under occupation, I'm trying to mitigate my further damage because I'm exposed to the horrors. I'm talking to the families of people who have been abducted. So I'm trying to to minimize my engagement with the Ukrainian community here just for for the time being, because this is all way too much for me to handle. But my family, they've been in touch. They've been reconnected with Ukrainians here. And there was a march in Cork today. So my father's out there was uh, in was today with the community and his his volunteering as well. So, and um, Nadia, um, sorry to interrupt you. In terms of the issues that you've confronted, not you personally, but just the, the community and the friends and family that you have, what what would you say is the number one challenge since you've arrived here? Is it accommodation? Is it jobs? Is it integration? Is it mobility? Is it as you say, news from home? What's the kind of the, if you had to isolate one particular problem issue and and difficulty which is it of those because i'm sure you're dealing with a lot of different challenges and so is the community generally but what's the one thing you say that that has been the most difficult since we we, we settled down here in march i guess it was accommodation because we were really welcomed by a host family and it was brilliant but we were living in the country uh far like it took me it would take me two hours to get to cork city and if i wanted to go further it would take me all day travel um, so this was hard, but you know, compared to what what we've left behind, this is not a problem at all. But I know that people are struggling with that. And then we were really, really lucky. Like this is like utter luck that you can think of to find accommodation for us here for our own family. And in your um, own sort of mental map of all of this, do you see yourself? I mean, nobody knows the answer to this. I don't know the answer. You don't know. No, none of us do. But in just the way you look at life at the moment, do you, do you see yourself being here for a long time? Do you see yourself being here a short time? Are, are you able to just kind of almost leave the time question to the side, or just because everyone has a kind of a mental sense, a perception sense of of what's going to happen in the future? What 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 way do you feel about that? How long you might be here, or are you going to settle down? What, what, would you ask yourself that question, or do you ask yourself that that question at all? In fairness, I try not to, uh, just because nobody knows how long this war will last and what what's going to happen next. And because I'm here not on my own, I'm I my well, my dad is in good form, but you know he I need to be around him. So I'm trying to think that, okay, we have an agreement for this particular accommodation for a year. So we, we are safe and sound and we can relax about this. But my situation is a bit different because uh, even before the invasion, I won funding to do a PhD in Irish history. And I'm going to be traveling between Ireland and London for the next three years ahead. So this question of whether there is a war or there is not within these years, I'm... I'm resolved that I'm here for 
because of this. So I I don't know what would have what would have been on my mind otherwise if I was like most of my fellow Ukrainians fleeing the war and not not you know not having any timeline ahead of them. I like I find this really really hard uh, even to cope with this uncertainty. This is not there is nothing I can do you know but apart apart from speaking to the media and donating to the Irish uh, to, sorry to the Ukrainian army to fight the war, to buy the guns or to buy like protection for the military or yeah, I mean, there's, to the hospitals. Like, there's nothing else I can no, do. And a, it's really hard. There's a sense we're all sort of on the margins of history here. These are not events any of us can influence, unfortunately. Um, although you can practically, by, as you say, by making donations and so on. Listen, I'm going to leave it there. I, I've enjoyed the conversation. Keep coming on the hard shoulder. You're doing a great job, as you said. That's one of the jobs you're doing is, is to give the Ukrainian perspective on the ground. I'm glad that things are working out for now. You have to live in the moment. Nobody wants to, but that's the way it is. But for now, Nadia Dobranska, thank you very much for joining us. And coming up next, we'll be looking at all the great movies over the years that have featured a famous teacher. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.